This is Face the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra song-by-song podcast. Episode 054, So Fine. is the fifth song from a new world record, first song on side two. The working title was either So Bad or So Sad. On the August 21st, 1990 episode of Classic Albums, Jeff Lynn said, So Fine's a bouncy little bugger, and um, I really don't know much about it. It's just that I wrote it and sang the thing, but um, I suppose it was along the lines of trying to sound like an American style. Maybe like the Doobie Brothers or something, you know, trying to sound a bit like American group with harmonies. I wasn't trying to copy them, but it was sort of bouncy American style with a wobbly bit on the top. In the March 3rd, 2006 issue of Guitar and Bass magazine, Kelly Grokett said, I had lots of freedom, unless something specific was needed in particular places. Quite a few of my own ideas stand out. Shine a Little Love is one, and So Fine is another to really get your teeth into. From an article by Stephen Hyden at the Uproxx website on April 25th, 2017, The most potent gateway drug for ELO newbies is probably a new world record. You can just head to So Fine, the most kitchen sink moment on the record, in which choral voices rub up against a zippy pop soul medley and a rhythmic breakdown in which African drums are replicated by a Moog synthesizer for some odd reason. It's everything that's fun and innovative and crazy and ridiculous about ELO in one 3 minute and 55 second package. The song was used in the 1977 movie Joyride and sampled in 1991 by LA Style for their song James Brown is Dead. I'm Eric Paul Johnson. And I'm Eric Winsenson. And we've hit the worst song on this album. All the other songs on here, I would give them like five stars. So fine, I would give 4.7. So when I say it's the worst song on the album, it's not really actually a really bad song. The funny thing is, I've never really thought to myself, boy, I sure would like to hear So Fine. But every time it comes on, it's like, man, I really like that song. So to like Waterfall, I don't really want to hear it. Oh man, I really love hearing that song. That was great. Well, um, at first I was listening to the different parts. As soon as the ooh-la-la part came on, I remembered, hey, yeah, it's that song. (laughs) And then all of a sudden the guitar comes in and it's like, oh, did the Boston album come out before this album that year? Because I know they both came out in 76. Who came first? (laughs) Let's go to the internet. Okay, Bob, let's go to the internet. First album, Boston, 1976, came out about two months before a new world record. Came out August 25th, 1976, 
And I'm pretty sure A New World Record came out in October 76. So definitely nobody's copying anybody on this, but still, that sound is there, that mid-70s guitar band sound. Mm -hmm. And then got another great upbeat pop song from Jeff Lynne, and I really enjoy listening to it. And thing is, though, is that all of a sudden, in the middle, (laughs) (laughs) Bev decides to hook up his drums to a Moog keyboard and experiment a little. Listen up, people! Here's a snippet for Jill. I actually think it kind of works. It's rather interesting because all of a sudden it just comes out of nowhere and then it goes right back into the main song. Yeah. When I first heard this on December 25th, 1983, I thought to myself, wow, that middle part there really sounds like 1975, 1976. And I think the weird thing about the song is it doesn't really sound like an ELO song to me. It's got the strings and Jeff, but that middle part there, that doesn't sound very ELO-y. There's the uh, flange on the electric guitar instead of an acoustic. That doesn't really sound very ELO-y. It sounds like they're both trying to do pop and experiment at the same time. Yeah. Which I was interested to read exactly how that was done, because I've heard that sound on some other songs around the same time before, and I've wondered where in the world it came from, because I always thought it was some sort of weird sequencer that they'd set up, but no, I guess it's an actual early electronic drum plug-in. Yeah, that's what I read uh, Bev Bevan saying. And good job for Kelly Groquette. It's not just plunk, plunk, plunk. He gets to really freak out on his bass here. Now, I noticed it was either rhythm guitar or bass on the uh, rough mix of this that filled in for that part because that part had not yet been entered in there, but they actually play it out on guitar when going through the um, demo version of the song. Yeah, the rough instrumental mix is what the subtitle is for the A New World Record special edition album. And again, like Waterfall, I kind of like that one more. I really love the strings on this song, so it's really great to, on the alternative mixed instrumental rough alternative super secret double X special mix here on this album, you really hear the strings right out, and I really, I really love how it sounds. Yeah, I, I was thinking, oh great, we have to listen to a horribly recorded demo on somebody's tape recorder, but. Uh, mm-hmm. It actually laid most of the groundwork for it. It seems like, I don't know if it's better that they put in the uh, early drum machine part or if they should have just kept it the way that it had been. I think they should have put it in because on the instrumental version, that part sounds a little empty. Like, eh, there should be a little bit more to that part. And as for just home demo tapes, yeah, that comes on some other special edition albums which we'll get to much much later on yeah you look forward to a lot of that stuff on albums where it says that they've got unreleased material and yeah and sometimes that's what it is that's what i remember with Beatles anthology oh we're gonna finally get to hear Stu sutcliffe with the band after all these oh well it's somebody's home tape recorder <laughs> well you can't hear any member of the band practically on this <laughs> on this song yeah i have th- some things to say about that but much, much later in this series of podcasts when we get to those bonus tracks from the special edition albums. So the other thing I really love about this song, and it's on the finished version, it's not on the instrumental bonus track version, is the end. When I first heard that, I thought, that's really cool. And I also thought, oh, synthesizers, that sounded really neat. But it turns out it's not synthesizers. 
Jeff just turned off the machine and the tapes just wound down. And when they matched the first note of Living Thing, that's when the cut was made. It is a good segue into the next song. That was getting the two track and just basically switching it off, you know, the motors off. So it went... And when it got to the key that Living Thing was in, you cut it there and just put it down. Got something to say about So Fine? Then call the telephone line voicemail. 623-850-3375. Call now. It's time for a great line from ELO from this week's song. What's my line? Hi, Mr. Lewis. Bigger cheese, bigger snake. I want it so fine. What can I get for you? I want it so fine. You know just what I want. I want it so fine. Alright, A24. If you donate to the podcast through our Patreon site, patreon.com slash ELOPod, you can get bumper stickers, produce an episode, or for just $1 per episode, $4 a month, you can hear shows a week before they're released to the world. Or skip all that and just hand it over directly through PayPal using the email address ELO. FTM podcast at gmail.com. Great moments in electric light orchestra history. It's become rather common over the past 15 or 20 years at rock concerts to see guitarists tossing their instruments around the stage. But this next group in the countdown features a man who throws a 20-pound, $2,000 cello into the air, catching it just before it hits the ground. It's all part of the act. The cello toss is performed by Hugh McDowell. He's a former member of the London Symphony Orchestra and currently one-seventh of the Electric Light Orchestra. A couple of years ago, the stunt backfired on him. The group was appearing in Houston, Texas, and right in the middle of their last number, Hugh went into his cello hoisting routine throwing the big instrument high into the air. But this time, he got so carried away by the response of the crowd, he forgot to catch the cello on its way down, and it crashed onto the stage in about a dozen pieces. Well, the audience loved it, and they thought it was part of the act. But Hugh wasn't so sure what to do. Finally, he just picked up the pieces of his shattered cello and tossed them into the crowd as souvenirs. We got the story from the group's drummer, Bev Bevan, who tells us that Hugh McDowell is still tossing his cello around during their concerts, believe it or not. But nowadays, he travels with a spare cello backstage. Like it? Hate it? What does Madeline think? I like the song. Wow, she liked it. Taste the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra song-by-song podcast, is a production of Radio Trolla Entertainment, Assorted Deli Meats Amalgamated. You can contact us by voicemail at 623-850-3375 or email us at eloftmpodcast at gmail.com. Keep up to date on the show by joining our Facebook group and spread the word about the show by sharing the link or giving us a quick rating on iTunes. You can financially support the podcast and get some good at patreon.com slash ELO pod. Next week, episode 055, Living Things.